0: Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I, uh, I don't intend to talk about this this morning, but I, but I felt Holy Spirit this week start to turn my heart towards this truth, and I feel like it was... Just a reminder for me, but this morning, I felt that I need to bring this to you. So I'm not going to stay on this long, but I I feel like someone needs to hear this. And it's the significance of being able to recognize the presence and the absence of grace. And I talk about this often because it's something that is really a, a guiding beacon in Evas in my life. And where this revelation really came from was uh, when we lived in Nashville, and I know I've told this story, but just hear it again this morning. When we lived in Nashville, we had kind of left everything that we knew here and felt led to go join up uh, in in Nashville with a company there, and we were fairly newly married, And I was so excited because I felt like Holy Spirit had lined up so many things, so many steps along the way, so many, uh, so many just moments. Derek, if you take me down just a touch, but so many moments um, had lined up for us to make it to Nashville and to this job and all this stuff. And we're really, really excited about this new thing and, um, and really knew in our hearts that Yahweh had led us there. <clears throat> and we were really excited about that but but soon after we started to uh i 'm not going to give details but i I became very, very miserable in this job, not just because it was a job it, it again i don 't want to say too much but I, but it, i I was not being treated the way I felt like I should be treated, and I was, and and things weren't panning out, and I I felt something inside me just start to die and wither away, and Eva's sitting here, keeps raising her eyebrows, because she knows and remembers how terrible that moment was, and how bad that felt. So, What happened, though, is I felt, you know, Holy Spirit led us here, and we're going to need to start establishing some things and start to just get linked up here and just know, like, this is is what it is. This is just what it is. And so, Eva and I actually met with Catherine Grindstaff, um, because I don't know if she still is. I'm assuming she still is, but she was a realtor, and we just felt like, hey, we need to, you know... Start to look into buying a house because we're definitely going to be here. We're just we're going to be with this company. That's just how it's going to go. I should fix this before I get up here every single time. Um, but we just we just assume that that's what we we're going to do. So we sat down with her, thinking that the responsible thing to do was to find a house and to purchase a house and really tie ourselves here and uh, and start moving forward with our lives and. We sat down with her at this table, and she was like, well, so how are things going? And just like how we always do, even in this time, someone calls, how's everything going? It's great. <laughs> no, I don't have my child in a chokehold. It's great. Things are awesome. This is wonderful. Things are just amazing. And we sat down, and we just said, you know, we, we're, we're great. Things are good. But Catherine has this amazing, amazing anointing on her life. She has this amazing anointing that when you sit with her, she's just got this, you just trust her. She, she's, she's a place of peace. She's a place of truth and, and safety, and, and you just feel so at ease with Catherine Grindstaff, and I, I love her so much, thinking of this story has made me think of how impactful she was in our lives in that time and how much she helped us in every single thing that we did. So just honor Catherine this morning. But she told us something that changed our lives completely. And uh, we're sitting there at the table lying about being great and, um, and she went on. She's like, well, good, good, good. And she starts talking and I don't really know what happened But somehow she pulled out of us and I just started to let her know. I was like, honestly, I I hate what I'm doing. I'm miserable. I don't know what, what we're supposed to do. Needless to say, we didn't continue to talk about buying a house, but she started to talk to us about grace and she said, Mark, you need to know that Yahweh gives grace For every situation that he calls you to, if you felt led here, trust me, the grace is within you, the grace is within Eva, to walk this thing out. Even if it doesn't seem great and everything, you will have grace in this situation, which didn't make me feel that great because I immediately want to say, what, no, grace is gone. Like, we're done, there's no grace but truthfully, I didn't believe that because my conflict was the fact that I felt Holy Spirit had led me here, and I really didn't feel released to go, even though I wasn't happy. And he and he and and so she said, "You, you, you'll you'll know. It, it's so vital to to stay under grace." And he said that if if she said that if if you if you ever if grace ever leaves, you'll never have to ask the question: Did grace leave? You'll know. And I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to know if grace left because right now I feel miserable. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't feel settled. I don't feel like this is what I expected things to be. So, so how am I going to really know if, if things going to get even worse? Which they kind of did. But that's beside the point, we left there and there was something inside of us that gave us confidence that Holy Spirit has provided a grace to walk this thing out. If he led me here, then I've got it within me to handle this thing. And not just handle it, but to accomplish whatever Holy Spirit needs me to accomplish in this time. It's within me and, and it's gonna get out of me. And so we walked a very, very hard walk. It was challenging for us it was challenging for me personally. It was it was just challenging. I mean, I was, having, I was having things said about me that just absolutely weren't true. I was being put in a place that really just did not feel right. I was being asked to do some things that I wasn't comfortable doing, all the while not being... Uh, Uh, compensated for that and I was just it just was a really bad time and 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 really just made me feel horrible but I'd still felt this grace and I remember actually going on a vacation Eva and I we went on a vacation like right up the street to go visit my parents and Sarah Beth was there and we were sitting there and I, I remember sitting having a conversation with my dad and I just said I was telling him how miserable things were and how bad things were and he and he said well you know, son." If it's that bad, if you feel that way, you know, don't be miserable. You know, if you, if you feel like it's time to go, go. And I said, that's the problem is I don't feel the grace to leave. I'm justified in it. justified. I could go into that office right now and give them a list of everything and I could justify my stance on why I should be allowed to leave this place and why I've been done wrong. And I could shout that from the rooftops and there'd be a lot of people that would agree with me and I'd be okay and we could just figure it out. And we could live our lives making an excuse of why we're not where we're supposed to be because this time in our lives was so bad. But I knew that the grace had not left and i didn 't know what that was going to look like in the future, so we walked this walk, and I remember walking in the woods. We would go on morning walks before I had to go to, uh, I had to go to, to work and we had a, we, we lived in a townhouse, and right behind us was a lake, and there was like a, a trail through the woods that we would walk every morning and every morning, I would kind of step a little bit away from Eva. And I would, just, I would just ask Yahweh, I can remember this so strong, I would just ask him, please, Yahweh, let me do something else. Please. But I made sure that after I got done, Saying that I said, but whatever you need me to do, that's what I'm gonna do. I made up my mind that whatever he needed me to do, I would do. I refused to operate outside of grace. And one day I got to work and things felt completely different. I walked in and there was a, a peace on me, there was something, just just some assurance, there was a comfort in the room. And I was sitting there, and I'm working, and all of a sudden, right in front of me, there was this office, one of the manager's offices that had been there for over 20 years. Her office was right in front of me, and you could see through her glass windows, and I'd just see her slam her computer, get up, walk into the director's office, come back, grab all of her stuff, and she was gone. She had been there for 20 years, and I never had any indication that she was going to leave. The funny thing about that was her name was Grace. <laughs> and you can call that coincidence, but in that moment, what Yahweh was doing is he said, it, I didn't bring you here to be comfortable, to make your life just perfect, and everything worked out. I actually brought you here to teach you about operating under grace. And in that moment, I felt completely released from that place. I went home, I told Eva, we were super excited to be able to be out from under grace. In that time, every single thing lined up and Yahweh was so clear, even when we were kind of confused, he was so clear about where we're to go and the direction to get there and the path to make it. still wasn't easy, but it was true and it was right. And, and, and it's so important. See, I, I, whenever anybody asks me for advice in this area or they're struggling with something, if there's any kind of deal, I usually bring grace up. But I'm cautious about telling this story because people are very quick to say, yeah, I think grace is left. Because Catherine said the most dangerous thing to do is operate outside of grace. So if Yahweh put grace on you to handle a situation, it doesn't matter how bad you feel about it, you gotta operate in grace. It's not your will, it's his will, and you have to understand that he's showing you some things, even in the difficult times. But equally important is not to stay too long. If you think about Egypt, when we think about Egypt, we think about captivity, and we think about uh, that Moses led the, the Israelites out of captivity, and we've talked a lot about that recently. But in Joseph's day, Egypt was salvation for the Israelites, You see, it's a matter of how long you stay and understanding how grace operates and understanding when the Spirit moves, you move, and when the Spirit stays, you stay, and you don't get too anxious and you don't try to just make something happen, no matter if He promised you something or not. And so, again, I don't know exactly why I'm sharing this, because this is not what I believe I want to talk about, but Holy Spirit put it on my heart, and like I say every single time, whatever, however, whenever. And so if that's you today I just I just it might be for all of us to a degree but recognize grace learn to operate in grace What I want to talk about this morning is one of I think all of our favorite topics but I've felt this strongly lately and this is Holy Spirit And being filled with Holy Spirit. Baptized into Holy Spirit. And I know what you're probably thinking, it's what I was thinking when I felt Yahweh speak this into my heart. That I am filled with the Spirit. I'm Spirit-filled. I'm a Spirit-filled believer. I think that everybody in this room and probably most everybody sitting at home watching this would agree that you're Spirit-filled that you were filled with the spirit right but the question i realize is not if i have been filled with the holy spirit is am i filled with holy spirit today <laughs> that's semantics you're just using words and no i'm talking about the infilling, continual filling of Holy Spirit. Because you can be quarter a tank full, half full, three quarters full, but not full. Filled. In Ephesians 5, Paul, he, he says, do not be drunk with wine, but rather be filled with Holy Spirit. And that word filled there, is a, is, it actually means to be continually filled. <laughs> Ben, you always talk about not uh, the the train of his robe is filling the temple. There's a continuation of the filling of Holy Spirit. And I think one of the most dangerous things that spirit-filled believers do is they say, I'm filled with Holy Spirit. You were filled. Are you filled today? In Acts 2, which is the great filling of Holy Spirit in the upper room, this was this challenged me. I thought this was crazy cuz I noticed in Acts 2 they they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're speaking in other tongues. You talked about that today and the importance of that and it's so significant. But they were filled with the Holy Spirit and I think we'd all agree that in that moment that would be wild and crazy. It was confusing. You would be convinced that you were filled with the Holy Spirit and everyone in that room was filled with the Holy Spirit. But then you jump down a couple chapters in Acts 4, verse 31 and you find the same spirit-filled believers who are contending with the powers that be in that world of evil, and they're praying to Yahweh. They say, Yahweh, Yahweh, give us the confidence to speak your word. Show us signs and wonders and miracles so that we can fight against these powers in this world that don't believe in you and don't believe in your son. (laughs) The same Spirit-filled believers that were in Acts 2 are asking for this in Acts 4. And you know what happens. The Bible says that the ground starts to shake. (laughs) That the very ground starts to shake beneath their feet. And the words are, and they were filled with Holy Spirit. (laughs) Wait, so Acts 2. The great filling of Holy Spirit. He came. Acts 4, they're praying and he comes. And I'm challenged so much today to recognize that it's essential that we're continually baptized into the spirit of Yahweh. See, baptism isn't just dunked in water and come up and that was your salvation. It is that. But the word baptism doesn't necessarily just mean that. Baptism means immersed. Immersed. Ba- bapti- baptism means fully submerged, fully saturated. Yes. In the context of which we're speaking today, it can mean completely filled. And you remember, whenever John the Baptizer, John the Baptist, is baptizing people in the Jordan, and the religious leaders are questioning, "Who, who are you? Are you the Messiah? Are you a prophet?" No, no. Well, well, are you Elijah? No. Well, who are you? Why are you baptizing people in water? Who, who are you? <laughs> he steps back and he says, I'm what a Isaiah prophesied. I'm a voice crying in the wilderness to make straight the path and the way for the Lord. And there's one among you that you don't even know yet. But he's coming, and I'm not worthy to untie the sandals on his feet. You see, because I baptize you in water, but he baptizes you in spirit and in fire. And in the day of salvation, when someone preaches that to you, that sounds, man, oh, I got to get the spirit filling like the fire of Holy Spirit. But what happened to that fire of Holy Spirit that once filled us? That caused us to be convinced of another world within us. Remember we talked about truth and we talked about reality a couple weeks ago. This thing has, I hope it has you, but it's challenged me beyond belief. And anybody that knows me knows that I don't say that uh, with anything but humility. Because those words were Holy Spirit given, not something I know. So it's challenged me just like I hope it's challenged you that what is truth? What is reality? That which is sought. That which is found. And we talked about you can't have partial truth. Not a little bit of natural and then a little bit of spiritual mixed in. But it's all or nothing. And I believe that we're joking ourselves if we think we can operate in a quarter of a tank of Holy Spirit. Not, have we been filled? I trust that everybody that's joined to this house is filled with the Spirit, speaks in other tongues, (laughs) or was filled with the Holy Spirit. But today, I believe there is a call back to the infilling of Holy Spirit, the complete immersion into Holy Spirit, into the baptism of fire. And you know who does that? (laughs) Yeshua. Yeshua. Yeshua baptizes you in fire of the Holy Spirit. And it's important to walk in that relationship so that we can be baptized in fire. I want to read out of John 3 real quick. I told you I was going to do this. This is a story of Nicodemus. I've just seen some small nuances and I, I don't intend to keep you long. I just, you know, I, I, to be honest, you I don't feel like I'm, I'm all there with some of these stories and some of this stuff I'm, I'm going to speak about. So I'm just going to talk and see what Holy Spirit has to say. So John 3, let's just start reading. Now there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus who was part of the sect called the Pharisees and a member of the Jewish ruling council. One night he discreetly it's important. One night he discreetly came to Jesus, said, Master, we know that you are a teacher from God. Why? Because for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with him. Let's read that again. Verse 1. I always say this, but let's put ourselves there. Let's, uh, let's, be, let's just be a fly on the wall. Now, there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews. Prominent, meaning he had a place of authority and honor. He was recognized in the religious system. He had made it in the religious system. Now, there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus who was part of the sect called the Pharisees, Yeshua's favorite people, and a member of the Jewish ruling council. One night, he discreetly came to Jesus, said, Master, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with him. And Jesus answered, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, they must first experience a rebirth. Nicodemus said, Rebirth, how can a gray-headed man be reborn? It's impossible for a man to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. Jesus answered, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and spirit wind, you will never enter God's kingdom realm. Do you see the difference of what he said? The first time, he says, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can perceive, before they can even see the kingdom of God as a possibility, they must first experience a rebirth. Now Nicodemus said, rebirth, how can a gray-headed man be reborn? It's impossible for a man to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. Jesus answered him again. He said, I speak an eternal truth. He's trying to wake him up. Hey, I'm I'm talking, you're, you're talking about two different things here. I'm talking about a world you don't even perceive yet. Unless you are born of water and spirit wind, you will never enter God's kingdom realm. I was just about to get to the point where I was understanding rebirth and now you're saying something about spirit wind and of water and entering into the kingdom. For the natural realm can only give birth to things that are natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. In essence, what he's saying is you're going to have to decide between two worlds. In essence, what he said to us in this day is we need to decide between two worlds. You shouldn't be amazed by my statement. You all must be born from above. For the spirit wind blows as it chooses you can hear its sound but you don't know where it is where it came from or where it's going so it is within the hearts of those who are spirit born <laughs> Let's read that again cuz it's pretty good You shouldn't be amazed by my statement this is chapter 3 we're in verse 7 You shouldn't be amazed by my statement you all must be born from above for the spirit wind blows as it chooses. You can hear its sound, but you don't know where it came from or where it's going. So it is within the hearts of those who are spirit born. Then Nicodemus replied, but I don't understand. What do you mean? How does this happen? Jesus answered, Nicodemus. I feel like the posture here. At first I feel like, Yeshua is trying to truly give him an opportunity. I feel like he's trying to speak to his mind. I think he's trying to show him two different realities. I think he's trying to give him an invitation into something that's more. But then his posture changes right here. He says, after Nicodemus asks all these questions again, even after he's gone through this, he says, hey, Nicodemus, aren't you the respected teacher in all of Israel. And yet you don't understand this revelation. I speak eternal truths about things I know and things I've seen and experienced. And still you don't accept what I reveal. If you're unable to understand and believe what I've told you about. <laughs> that sounds super spiritual right? He's talking about the spirit wind. He's talking about a supernatural realm and versus the natural realm. But he tells him this. He says if you're unable to understand and believe what I've told you about the natural realm, what will you do when I begin to unveil the heavenly realm? Meaning there's way more than that. He's not talking about the heavenly realm, meaning what about whenever I talk about when you go to heaven? This is crazy because he says, No one has risen into the heavenly realm. (laughs) No one has risen into the heavenly realm except the Son of Man, referring to himself, who also exists in heaven. I would assume Nicodemus is wigging out right now. Wait, you're right in front of me. What do you mean? What do you mean that you exist also in a heavenly realm? And no one has gone to the See, what did Yeshua do? He went to the Father when he was resurrected. I and him, him and me. He's in the Father and now we have access to the Father. What Yeshua was doing in that day was saying, "Listen, there's a part that of this kingdom that you can perceive if you'll be baptized and sanctified with water." There's a, there's a basic perception of the kingdom. One will let you go to heaven, but then there's this thing called the spirit, will, the, spirit, the spirit realm, the spirit wind, as he calls it in the Passion Translation. And that will take you past just perception and allow you to operate in it in heaven today. Go to, operate in. There's a lot of people that are saved, and this is truth that we know, but just stay with me. There's a lot of people that are saved that that have punched their ticket to heaven that could sit here and say, I believe in Yeshua, I believe in the scriptures, I believe in that stuff. And then there's a, there's a group of people who are starting to see a little bit deeper and say, I want to operate on earth as it is in heaven. And so what what he's saying here is that is that there... Nicodemus, see, if you think about what Nicodemus just did. When I was reading this, I couldn't help but think about the rich young ruler. So many people want to go to Yeshua for a trick, a gimmick, a get-rich-quick scheme. You know what I'm saying? Like, the rich young ruler, how do I enter into the kingdom? Okay, sell everything that you have. (laughs) I just meant like, you know, this thing's pretty cool, like, you you do miracles and everything else, like, how do I get into the kingdom? Like, you know, basic entry. Do you have, like, a three-step plan? Like, can I just get in the first plan, keep my money? But, no, listen, it's impossible for you to enter in with that mindset, with that truth, because you'll always believe that your success lies in what you have. Nicodemus tries to sneak, (laughs) because he knows he doesn't want anybody to to, that, that's a part of his group to know he was being discreet about things and that he really started to see truth. So Nicodemus thought, look, I'm already established in the religious world. I'm watching this dude do miracles and signs and all kinds of stuff. Why don't I go get a little just tip from him? I'm going to tickle his ear by telling him, hey, look, we know you're from God. You know, Yeah. <laughs> We believe that, trust me, all my buddies, we sit around, we talk about how you're just amazing, and we we believe in all the signs and wonders and miracles you do, and you must be who you say you are, so why don't you share with me a little truth? And he said, okay, you and I have different ideas about what truth is. Essentially, what he tells Nicodemus is the same thing he told the rich young ruler, You're going to have to enter into a completely different world. You can't take what I have, what I have here, you can't even understand it unless you're willing to completely immerse yourself in a completely different life. Leave everything that you have and walk with me. You think about Nicodemus and his comfort in the religious system, and I know things, and, and and it's this is the funny thing to me about the the whole part about the spirit wind. You never know where he goes or where he comes from, and it's here, there, and everywhere. And to Nicodemus, who is very established and very comfortable, that probably blew his mind. And he's like, "Absolutely not! No, I need I need something tangible that I can take now. I need projection. I my four hundred one k is established. Yeshua, like." This is where I find comfort in being able to project the future, and, and I have a path that I know. This is how my life is going to work. This is how things go, and this is how I do stuff. And this is this is this is for my children's future. And this is I'm not doing this out of self you know self righteousness or worrying about myself. I'm I'm trying to 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 set things up for the future. I'm comfortable. Why, why can't we have both? <laughs> and he starts to talk to him about a spirit, a spirit wind that comes from over here or over there, and you never know where it's going to go. I can't tell you what the future is going to look like. I can't project that for you. When, when you guys were singing about Defender today, I kept, and I almost came up and said this, but I kept seeing David as a little boy. Little boy, we don't really know, but as a boy, let's say as a boy, walking onto that battlefield for the first time. (laughs) Walking onto that battlefield for the first time. And he's got this pressure. You got to wear this armor. This is how you do it. I know it's a little heavy for you, but this is how you can defeat this guy. I mean, you don't really have a chance. Let's be honest, you're tiny, he's huge. But but the armor and and the sword, that's how it's done. See, David was untouched. David sat there and he said, look, I've dreamt about this. This is what my dreams are made of. You see, one day I was in the field and I grabbed a lion by his beard. And I killed him. I fought bears and lions. Like, this is nothing else. But I know that the only way that I did that was not because I'm some strong, there's, this is reality that I'm a boy. But the only way that I ever defeat this giant, and the only way that I actually ever walk into the true reality of the kingdom is that I step onto this battlefield as one man, as who Yahweh designed me to be. He wasn't ever meant to operate out of war. He was meant to operate out of presence. He was meant to be face to face with the one he's, his heart sought after. And so when you're singing that, I just I think about I think about Nicodemus and I think about us today. I think about people that are all crazy right now because their entire world's being messed up. And I think about at night when you go to bed and the things that cause you anxiety, thinking about being able to project the future and when are we going back to work and are they going to send another stimulus check? What's what's it look like in the future? And it's what we dream about and I I can't help but think about if I'm going to bed thinking of that and dreaming about that, what about Frank and Leo? (laughs) I think about my boys and when they go to bed, they're not dreaming about that. They're dreaming about Adventure and dinosaurs and lions. (laughs) They're thinking about superheroes, treasures, and pirates, and this great adventure that children start to think about. They dream that anything is possible. Anything is possible. I've said this before, but Holy Spirit is if you got Yeshua, who's the Son, you got Yahweh who's who's the Father. Holy Spirit is he's kind of like the adopted child who is on a Harley, my brother Derek. And he's the wild child of the bunch. He's the Leo of the group. And he's there's no certainty except he's certain. He's certainly what you're supposed to have. (laughs) He's what we have to have as kingdom people. We have to be subjected to the idea that we can't hold on to the natural truth get this trick of Holy Spirit and bring him back over here and feel like we can operate. We have to be completely immersed and filled with the Spirit, with the truth. He is the Spirit of truth. What we'll be talking about is truth. He is all in all. He is everything. We have to continually be baptized into the truth that is Holy Spirit but it's not gonna be comfortable. But here's the crazy thing about that, if you wanna talk about words and how word play and everything else, but Holy Spirit is also referred to as the comforter. Nothing's comforting about having to not know where your life's gonna go and how this thing's gonna flow back and forth, especially for a man like Nicodemus who has everything established. That's not comfortable. How can you call him the comforter unless you become comfortable with the adventure of Holy Spirit? It's how we were designed. We were designed to operate in a different world. And I I just have felt such a call, such such a challenge in myself to pull us back to this idea that we're not of this world. That's weird. That's weird, anybody that just wants to read the Bible, but those that actually read the Bible realize that we're not from this world. This isn't how we're meant to operate. We're meant to operate like the wind. We're supposed to go where he sends us. We're supposed to let him build up like a flame. And In in 2 Timothy, it talks about stirring up or fanning the flame of the gifts that Yahweh has given you. In Luke, Yeshua himself, he says one of the coolest things. I love how he tells us to make sure that our lamps are always burning. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. Make sure your lamp is always burning. There has to be a continuous filling. I, uh, when you think about the, the if we're going to talk about baptism, if you think about Yeshua's baptism, He's baptized in water. He comes up. Holy Spirit descends like a dove and he receives beloved identity. So to me what this says is when you receive salvation, Holy Spirit is there. Holy Spirit within you makes way for your true identity, your beloved identity, who you really are. It's important that we're always filled with Holy Spirit so that we can always see ourselves from the lens of the Father as my beloved son. My son, Leonardo, Leo, we, uh, when, I was, when I was, uh, Eva was pregnant, we knew he was going to be a boy. And I felt led to, in my workout, I don't do that anymore, but when I used to work out and I was running a lot, I came to this place where... Uh, isn't it funny how like, well, some people might be like this, but in quarantine, like the first idea is like, I'm going to get in shape. At least, you know what? I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to, next thing I know, we're baking cookies. I'm sitting on the couch. I can't do anything. Anyways, but I used to, and I can dream about the fact that I used to work out and I would run. And at this place that I was running, there was this, uh, at the end, I was, I would do sprints. And I remember, uh, I remember. One time, Yahweh, I was sprinting in this one area, and Yahweh, I just felt led to come over to this other area. And where I was sprinting is I was sprinting to this, uh, this like, um, it was a lion. It was kind of like a statue of a lion. It was a kid's toy that they could climb on, but it was a statue of this lion. And I felt Yahweh start to speak to me and say, I want you to run towards that lion every day, I want you to run towards that line every day for your son. And so I immediately got fearful because if you're always telling me to do something out of the ordinary for something there must be something wrong. So I'm going to just do this. I got to run, I got to run, I got to I got to do these things and I'm being led by Holy Spirit to run to this lion. And one day I get to the lion and I'm exhausted and I lean up against the lion and I hear Yahweh say to me, your son will be bold as a lion. And we hadn't named him yet. So I ran home and I did a little Google search and up pops Leonardo, bold as a lion. And I was like, uh, other names for <laughs> bold as a lion. Well, Leo means lion, but bold as a lion is Leonardo. And that was just out of the ordinary. I don't want people to think we named him after Leonardo DiCaprio or Da Vinci or anybody else. I want him to be him, Leo, Leonardo. I don't want him to have that be a weird name. Of course, in Eva's family's culture, European culture, that's like, they're like, hey, Leonardo. We love it, you know. Um, But for me, it was tough. But you know what's wild, wild, wild about Leo We never, ever, Eva and I never, ever, ever tried to gear that boy towards liking lions. Never. Didn't show him shows with lions. Didn't show him shows about roaring. That came later, but he's always had this thing that he's loved lions. Because before he was formed, Yahweh put things in him. Before he came to this world, he was born of another world. <clears throat> and all Yahweh was doing was revealing to me who he already was. So what's my, what's my job as a father? It's to make sure that he always believes that when he roars, giants fall. <laughs> that nothing is impossible. I, we were in an unfair fight yesterday where I felt like I, I was the action figure, the incredible Hulk. And he was just this little tiny Simba And so he wanted to fight, and I would come up there, and before I ever got to him, he just, raw, And then I had to fall over. If I kept coming, he was like, no, that's not how you play. Because in his mind, I mean, Leo does this for everything. If you're tickling him too much, he'll roar at you to get you to stop. If he's mad, he'll roar. Because he truly believes there's something in him... There's a roar in him, there's a power within him that if he does this, everything else goes away. And I love that. And I want to continue to, 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 uh, to fan that flame within him. It's his identity. And Holy Spirit is what always makes room for that beloved identity to come. Does that make sense? I wanna talk about this real quick and, and we're, gonna, we're gonna wrap things up because really, this is a lot of continuation of, of truth in, in, us, in shaking us up to realize that like, just because at one time we were filled, this is the whole truth, just because at a time we were filled, there has to be a continual filling. There has to be a continual leaning in. But what happens to us? What takes away those dreams? What takes away those visions? I I was drawn to a story, another story in the Bible that's found in Matthew 17, verse 14. It's what a lot of scholars say is like the most, has the most continuity of any story in the synoptic gospels, which is a story of this boy who continually falls into fire and falls into water. And this story stuck out to me because I've been on fire and water, being baptized in water, being baptized in fire. And so it stuck out to me that this was seen as such a negative in this story. And in this story, Yeshua and his disciples are coming from the Mount of Transfiguration. They walk down to the multitude and this man approaches them. And this man is a father of a boy and he says, "Uh, Lord... Once again, Lord first, before anything else is done, he, he says, "Lord, have mercy on my son. He's epileptic, and he continually falls into fire and falls into water." Well, he I think this is pretty we we know this and it's been spoken and preached a lot, but we know that that boy wasn't epileptic. Yeshua later talks about him having a demon, and just because he's epileptic doesn't mean that he has a demon. It, the, the translation actually is moonstruck. That's the correct word. If you look, there's even in your translation, I don't know which one you have, but it might say as the heading, moonstruck. And the word mi- moonstruck means he has a distemper mostly in his mind. So there's something in this boy's mind that causes him to throw himself into fire and throw himself into water. And even, even though he, 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 uh, he walks and, and fire in and of itself isn't a bad thing, water in and of, of itself is not a bad thing. There's something in his mind that tells him to put himself in a situation that could potentially kill him. And Regina, you talked about the enemy this morning. And I think that we've come into a place because we talk about the age of peace. We talk about, uh, we talk about that we don't fight these battles. We, we're, we're not, we don't sit there and focus on the enemy. But let me just tell you, the enemy is real. Now, us subjecting ourselves to an inferior world subjects us to the enemy within that inferior world. When we talk about the age of peace, when we talk about stepping out of that day, you, this is a complete submersion into the reality that Yahweh fights our battles and we're not in this, we're up here. It's the term, we're up here, the up here dimension. But what I find is this thing of, of, of fire and water and, and you think of if he has a demon, this demon's not telling him to hang himself. This demon isn't telling the boy to jump off of a mountain and kill himself. He he, does, he has he has more work to do. He's telling him to put yourself in situations. Just just hey, look, it's just water. It's it's just fire. The enemy always has a way of perverting things. It's just a little bit of knowledge. It's, it's just a little bit of truth. Look, it's not going to kill you. It's just the news. It, it, it's just water. It's just, it's, just, it's just Facebook. It's just social media. It's not like I'm saying that I just put all my trust and faith in Donald Trump or, you know, whoever, Joe Biden or whoever you think. It's not, it's not saying that I just put all my trust in all these news outlets. I just need to know what's going on. Just, it's just Water. Just a little bit of fire. I just want to subject myself to the truth of because I have to know. Knowledge is power. How? how, how It's just a little bit. And and I and I feel like uh, I I believe it was Apostle Damon one time made the statement that the enemy never wants you to, to to just be completely cold. He doesn't want you to just be completely gone. He, he doesn't want you to just po- be a little bit a little bit eccentric and out there and just obviously demon-possessed and crazy. He just wants a degree of what you were designed to be to be gone from you. Because 211, I love how he says this. He says, how powerful is one degree? 211 degrees is hot water. 212 degrees can move a train. And the enemy never wants us to be in a place where we realize that things are being taken from us, that the truths of the kingdom. Uh, Eva Eva and I have talked about uh, Germany in the day of the the Nazi regime and Hitler. And and, and Eva talks about how people, the the history books will tell you that Hitler was a bad man. He's a bad man, yeah. But it wasn't just Hitler. It was a little bit of freedom. Just a little bit of water. Just a little bit of fire. Just a little bit of temperament in your mind that tells you that this is the right way and that is the wrong way. And I'm telling you that as kingdom people, if we continue to subject ourselves to a little bit of the perverted knowledge, the perverted water and fire of this day and of this world, and we fail to fill ourselves and be baptized in the fire and the water that we were designed to walk in, it doesn't matter if it's just a little bit. The people that were, are, are alcoholics, the people that are drug addicts, the people that are addicted to pornography, it, it didn't start with the fact that they just opened things up or they just started searching things on the computer. It started with uh, one picture. It's not like I'm looking at porn, I'm just looking at a picture. It's not like I'm it's not like I'm uh, I'm trying to get wasted. I'm just drinking a little bit. I know there's alcoholism in my family, but I just it's just a little bit. It's not that I'm addicted to, to drugs. I don't want to go down that road. I just want to see what it's like. Let me just try it. And they don't realize, they don't recognize because they're not spirit-filled filled today that the enemy is just saying it's just water. And it's just fire. we as kingdom people especially especially in this day and i don't mean this to be a doom and gloom this is good news yeah. but we we have got to decide what fire and what water we're going to be baptized into one seems harmless it's just the news that's what i hear today it's just the news well if it's just the news then why are you going to bed in turmoil And if it's just social media, why are you questioning everything about your identity? And why did you used to be okay with yourself and you used to see yourself as a kingdom daughter or a kingdom son and used to be satisfied in who you are? And now we have a generation that has no idea who they are and is always trying to look just as good as the fire and the water that is burning today. And they're missing the idea that they were not designed to walk that way. Hopefully Leo never, and I know he won't because I'm committing myself to the idea when we, when Declan was dedicated. What we did was we, we dedicated ourselves to the idea that we're never gonna create an environment where it's okay, where the standards lowered enough that these kids think that it's alright to listen to the world and just dabble. Come on. To just dabble in the fire. Well, they gotta, you know, they gotta learn their own way. No, they gotta learn a superior way. It's not law. It's not law. It's not going and saying, well, no, I can't listen, I can't listen to the news anymore. I can't do anything. It's recognizing when you have a grace and when you don't. It's recognizing when the spirit is leading you and when he's not. And if he's led you into a world to change it, great. Make sure that world's not changing you. Because if it is, I don't care if you feel led to it. I don't, fear, feel if you, I don't care if you feel called to it. It ain't right. It's not right. It's not where Yahweh has you. Yahweh will call you to things, but he intends for you to be spirit led. Your, your son is the sacrifice. How am I going to do this? I'm laying him on the altar, tying him up, I'm sorry. Stop. I provided a sacrifice. Being attuned to the Spirit is so vital. Being filled with the Spirit is so vital. I, uh, I want to I wanna wrap this up. I hope I'm making sense and I'm not just jumping everywhere because this is, it's very true to me and very, it's, I just don't want to move on to talk about something else right now. I, 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 want, to, I want to stay in this true thing because I think it's, it's so easy to slip back and forth and, and tell yourself that it, just a little bit's okay. Especially in this day, just a little bit of the knowledge of this world just a little bit, is, is, it's, it's power. It is power. It is power. It's not the power you want to subject yourself to. And we have got to come to a place where we're people full of faith and not part, partially full of faith. And, and you can't do that with one foot in and one foot out. We have got to decide, are we going to be baptized continually and continually filled with the spirit of truth, by following Yeshua, by walking in relationship, by continually putting ourselves in positions to learn his truth. It's why I've said this is what we should be feasting on. Then this day, man, this is, this, is, this is the day that you need to go into this book, pray in the spirit, spend time with, with, with Yahweh, no question. But also, I feel like some of us need to get back into the word of Yahweh and let some of these things come alive again and to remind us, let it be a reminder to us of the truth of the kingdom. I just, my, my, my personal conviction is I'd much rather read this news than read the other news. Trust me, you, Holy Spirit will li- lead you into the right path. You don't have to worry about all that kind of stuff, but it's a scary thing because he's like the wind. And you gotta leave your comforts of yesterday to enter into a new day. I, uh, I, Colossians 3 talks about setting your mind. Remember, the, the moonstruck boy had a distemperment in his mind. This mind is such a powerful thing. But, but I feel the call to set our mind, to set our mind, to solidify our mind on a heavenly realm. And the reason it says to do that in Colossians, to set your mind of the things that are in heaven and not in the natural, is because we've been resurrected. We've shared in the resurrection of Christ. And remember when we talked about on Easter, if if the resurrection is such a truth and such a hinge for our faith, it, so, so, so vital is the truth that we've been resurrected with him. It should be such a challenge to us to live every single day like the resurrected king that's within us and that if he's seated in, in, in heavenly places, we're seated in heavenly places, plus we're walking in this existence, in this earth, heaven on earth. So, set our minds. And if we're not continually setting our minds, and I said this earlier, but if you're not setting your mind in the morning, and you're not setting your mind at night, and you're not setting your mind all throughout the day, and if things start to arise or you hear something, if you don't go and set your mind on the things of the kingdom, then you have. You have quilled, you have watered down the power of the truth of Holy Spirit. And there's not a filling, there's a partial, there's a, there's a presence. It's just enough to irritate you. It's just enough to remind you that you're dabbling in something that you probably shouldn't. It's just, it's just enough to remind you that there is another world that you've known before, but it's not enough for you to actually enter in. It's just that I can perceive the kingdom, but I can't walk in the kingdom. Eva, I need you real quick. I need you always, but I need you right now. This is the point that if you were here, I'd say, would y'all please stand with me? And y'all would all stand, and y'all would stretch, and you'd act like you're even more engaged with the service because you know that Chili's is calling your name or wherever you like to go to. Uh, I've heard my brother Benjamin speak on this, and I've also heard... uh, I've also heard um, Bill Johnson talk about this scripture. And, uh, but Ben talks so much about it. He talks about, when we talk about setting, setting our mind, he talks about when David says he sets the Lord before him. And he used the water, a water bottle as the description and he says, I set the Lord before me. Meaning that I operate with my focus and gaze on him. This is how I perceive everything else. So if you're going to look at the news and you need an update, make sure that first you've set the Lord before you so that the lens in which you perceive all of that is goodness and truth. Psalm 16, David says, Preserve me, O Lord, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, You are my Lord. You... Oh, O my soul, you have said to Yahweh, they messed you up with all these translations things. I'm reading out New King James, so it messed me up even more. O my soul, you have said to Yahweh, You are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied, who hasten after another God, their drink offerings of blood I will not offer nor take up their names on my lips. O Lord, you are my portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. When you go to bed at night, I'm telling you, we have got to set the Lord before us. We have got to set our minds on things that are not of this world but in the world that we came from, that we're meant to operate from, that the spirit wind gives us access to. Because when we do that, he instructs us in the night seasons. I have set The Lord always before me, because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. See, he's setting the Lord before him. He can't even see the corruption. You will show me the path of my life. You, not the mainstream media. You will show me the path of my life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. If this is Yahweh, David originally said, because he is at my right hand. What hand is that? It's your left. But it says, at your right hand. This is how we're designed to walk with Yahweh. Me at his right hand. His right hand. (laughs) And him at my right hand. David always said, let me be the apple of your eye. Which means let me see my identity in your eyes. If you get close enough to someone, you can actually see in the pupil of their eye themselves. But it takes nearness. Can you see me? I can see me. Well, I can see me. Well, I can see me. (laughs) (laughs) It takes nearness. It takes closeness. It takes... It takes subjecting yourself to that walk, and I'm learning this myself. I'm not here to preach at you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here because I have a conviction in my heart that I have dabbled in the fire, and I've dabbled in the water, and I felt like it's okay. And, and, this, and this is your truth, however Holy Spirit leads you to. I'm not trying to put out a set of laws here. I'm talking specifically in this day about the truth of this world. The need for just a little bit of knowledge. Don't let it take your peace. It is not worth it. It is the enemy, and I don't care if you are up here, over there, around here. The enemy is actually real, and if you are going to subject yourself to that world, that's fine. Just remember that you're going to be dealing with an enemy who is, his devices are amazing. Very subtle. It's just water. You drink that. It gives you life. It's just water. Don't, don't worry about it. Just telling you that this is the conviction in my heart today, that it's not just like, oh, it's reality, truth. The, the other side of that is if we want to subject ourselves to this world, we'll never accomplish what a filled man of Holy Spirit is meant to accomplish. Amen? Is that enc- I hope it's encouraging to you guys because I mean it to be encouraging. I mean it that we were Acts 2, but now we need to be Acts 4. That's what I mean. I mean that there's more. There's always more. His kingdom is ever increasing, and it's ever increasing in us. And I'm just not willing for this house, for this tribe, for this people to go ahead and say, it's just water. We're meant for so much more and so much greater, and you'll never change the culture if you look exactly like the culture. You'll never, you'll never change anything with the world around you if the world within you is in the same turmoil that the world around you is in. Take the truth of Holy Spirit. Be filled so there's not another place for you to fit any other news. There's no other truth that could ever get in. I'm constantly praying in the Spirit. I'm constantly setting the Lord before me. I'm constantly walking in relationship. I'm constantly worshiping we got we have to be and I said I'm I, I, I say this all the time but I'm speaking to myself this morning Holy Spirit is speaking to me he gave me the words to write on the page he 's giving me the words to speak, so i 'm subjecting myself like you are today to being filled again not not because I was filled, but because I am filled today i 'm filled with the spirit of truth, who is life and life more abundantly. Amen Yahweh, I speak protection, I speak life, I speak wholeness over this people, I speak prosperity in the midst of famine to this to this beautiful, amazing tribe that you've allowed us to be joined to. I, I just declare that you are setting them before you as the apple of your eye and that that you that we're setting you before us as the apple of our eye, that we're walking in a different kind of relationship that's uncommon, that's different from yesterday, that we're not okay we're not okay because it was good in a day, but we're, we're only okay that we're in the day that we were designed to be in and this is the roaring 20s and that we were designed to walk in it and it doesn't matter the circumstances it matters the truth and we declare the truth and we declare a Another filling, another baptism of the fire of Holy Spirit in your lives, that there is a new flame, that there's a new burning in your heart today. And we declare this in the name of Yeshua the Christ. Amen. We love you. Be blessed. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.